0: Hello and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Angley, joined as always by co-host Todd McAllen. Todd, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Ryan. Good to talk to you. Very good to talk to you as well. And today we are uh, we're closing the closing the book. On our, yep. uh, our 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 Sart engagement, we had a the side A, side B. So this is a I think literally a trilogy, but we're going to do one episode here on critique of dialectical reason. And this is a beefy book, so we're going to try to include everything that we can. But uh, I think our Sart uh, duology, I've been this, uh, you know. I, when I read this book the first time, this is just a very quick anecdote. First time I read this book uh was when I was uh writing my dissertation and I thought it was sloggy and there wasn't that much uh in there for me apart from the stuff uh on seriality which we're going to get to uh in here um of course. Um but rereading it for the show, I just like I think this book is fascinating. There's a lot there's a lot that I disagree with. Uh, but there's a lot that I find really interesting, and I was thinking back to the comment you made at the end of the last episode, which is the, the like uh, the the person the person you stick with being the the person that you you, you, you fill the the pro and con column out equally. Right. And I think that's that's that, I think that's start for me. Is, yeah. is, is is that does he occupy the same place for you?
1: Well, that's a good question. I think he's just below Hegel
0: for me. So he's. You have a lot of con for Hegel. That's a, I. That's I think that's I, fascinating to hear. Yeah.
1: Why would? Yeah. I do. I have con. I guess you're right. Like I. I don't necessarily have that much con for Hegel, but I. Mm-hmm. I have. I guess I do because there are certain things like the. The philosophy of history I almost completely don't accept. Right. So okay. So okay. there yeah. there are these things that I find. That I have to try to explain away or or mm. dismiss. But but yeah, I, I I'm with you on the fact that Sartre is one of those absolutely even, like incredible conception of freedom, mm. no idea of unconscious. Like how do right. you balance those two yeah. later, right? yeah. and in this book, it, it's even it's even I think this book to me weighs more to the negative than mm-hmm. to the positive. Like I think there's more that I'm critical of. But being in nothingness is much higher on the other side. So mm-hmm it does, but he's right. He, he kind of has the perfect balance of things that you love and things that you don't like so much. And I, I have to say that. <laughs> so the first time I read this book, I was, Oh, in you're going to tell school. the story.
0: I was going to ask you to tell it. I'm going to tell the story. So <laughs> okay. I was in
1: graduate school and I was in this, in this reading group, which we oddly and stupidly named the post left Hegelians. I don't know why we okay. were post left. I mean, I didn't want to be post left, but I didn't, I, I voted for new left Hegelians, but I got, uh, I got outvoted. Okay. Um, so anyway, so this is a group of about I don't know, eight people. And we we were thinking about a book to read and they're like, "Oh, let's read Sartre's Critique of Dialectical Reason because we had done Being and Nothingness before, I think."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, "Oh, you know, I've read it and it's it's 800 pages, not very good." And then <laughs> and they're like, "Okay, we going in something else." So we're driving, I'm driving home with my close friend, Paul Eisenstein, and Paul says, you know, that's the most arrogant thing I've ever heard you say. 800 pages, and it's not very good. Like you were just, just, just so dismissive, and you're like, oh, I read the 800 pages, and it's not very good. So uh, I, I, I felt really, Paul rarely critiqued me, and so mm. I felt really, uh, I clearly have remembered it 30 yeah. years later, so...
0: It you was, were, uh, uh, you were, you were a bad guy in that moment. You were, talking I was bad the guy. bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: But I, I have reread it and I, I now share your view that there's yeah. some things of real value here. And, and I would also say that the times when it's wrong, it's yeah. wrong in ways that are very suggestive and ways mm-hmm. that show he's struggling to do something that may be impossible. Right. And so yeah. that's it's always interesting to see someone try to do something impossible. Like I don't know, I was going to say climb Mount Everest, but clearly that is <laughs> that it's is possible. Very possible but uh, it's still fascinating, uh, I guess. Yeah, it's still fascinating. <laughs> uh, how about climb Mount Everest without leaving a lot of garbage on the way? Well, here right so There you go. There you go. I think that climb. is impossible. A, do you know that the sustainable Sherpas climb? they make more money? This is an interesting thing. That, mm. The Sherpas make more money. By collecting garbage on their way down, than they do taking the the people up.
0: I did not know so, that. Yeah, cause so yeah, because there's so much
1: garbage that they have this thing that if you collect it and bring it down, you get you you. And so, many of them make more money than the average yearly salary of someone in Nepal just from oh bringing God. garbage down. So it's wow. a nice testament to <laughs> your. I'm sure it's mostly European and American, and you know whatever. It, chinese uh uh mountain climbers you know yeah. <laughs> i mean i mean we're all guilty for this well no but it's a, a good garbage, example but.
0: isn't it a good example of your principle that what's what is the what's the value in capital it's the waste it's the waste. Right. It's the waste. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. And anyway. I think. Anyway, I think. Yeah. I think. Good. Uh, go you're going to make uh, a
1: connection. Good. I'm going to I make a connection.
0: I'm going to. Go yeah, yeah. I'm going to make. I'm going to nail the segue. I'm going to segue this so hard. You're not even going. To, you're going to be like, oh my god. So okay. consonant Good. with, <laughs> consonant with that principle. I think what sparkles the most in this book is the uh, the Marxism, and, yeah. and, and the Marxist critique. Like he he is, absolutely on it in the in this book in a way that I think uh, would should still prove. Uh, I, revelatory. We're gonna um, we're gonna look Can at. Can I ask you a start, about that? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Do, do yeah. you think it's the best? This is too
0: too hard. To answer wow! Me, oh my do god! Do you think I can't it's the best? Asking. Okay, go ahead.
1: Marxist work of the second half of the twentieth century.
0: Um, you're putting me on the spot, and I want a, there not to be dead air as I think about it. So I'm gonna say yes for Spice okay. because I did okay. genuinely think that as I was as I was reading the book. I think he and and part of I think what makes it so compelling is he is trying to make it work with the existentialist project that he laid out and being a nothingness. And that's one of the areas where I, I hope it's not too strong to say that I think where he fails. Um, but that's part of what makes the book really interesting to me yeah. um, there. You had, you had this line from not, it's not in this book, but it's from a search for a method or the problem yeah. method about how he, he ardently believed that um, the existentialist project would become Marxism. And I think that's... Well, can, can, can I, yeah, can I read line. you exactly yeah, yeah. what he says? Yeah. So he says, line, yeah.
1: from the day that Marxist thought will have taken on the hum, human dimension, that is the existential project, as the foundation for anthropological knowledge, existentialism will no longer have any reason for being. So he wow. thinks that yeah. it, it really, that Marxism will eliminate the need for for existentialism. The beginning of that book says and this is in the preface to it, I consider mm. Marxism as the one philosophy of our time that, we, that is unsurpassable, that we cannot go beyond. So, mm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, he's very, yeah. I mean, he, I think he really thinks he's writing a Marxist work, right? He,
0: that, yeah. It's, a sh- it's just such a, I mean, we're going to get to this. This is going to be one of the things. It is such a shame. I said this at the end of the last episode. So again, to hook us back, it is such a shame that there is no psyche here. And know, and that I and know. and that the existent and a, a lot of like the just for a little taste, um, we are condemned to freedom. That principle, really wonderfully won, I think, in being in nothingness, is yeah. abandoned here. Um, and sadly. sadly, Well, I thought
1: you made a you made to me. We were talking about this a really good point about how freedom is the really the watchword and the for itself is the watchword of the of being in nothingness, and then that changes <clears throat> in this book, right? It like does, it becomes sovereignty,
0: changes. yeah. Sovereignty is the the, wa- is, is the watchword. Which is even
1: more uh, absence of the psyche, right? Like it's, yeah, yeah. Like, the, like sovereignty, <laughs> like if you think anything about the psyche psychoanalytically, that would be the last term that you would use to describe yes. what subjectivity is,
0: right? That's fascinating, a, 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 a sovereign Psyche, right? Like, like <laughs> yeah. to, to 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 work. Like, the, I mean, because the whole point is that it's like you, you don't you don't have it. I mean, like we've talked about that a million different. Well, times. the Freud like,
1: the, you're not the master in your own house, right? Yes, like exactly. The,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, it, so that's so there's there and there is a level. So even in that little little shift, which might be might be a good place to to start, you can see that yeah. one of the one of the things. Uh one of the things I don't okay there is an absolutely which we will talk about an unforgivable reading of Hegel that is pervasive in this book it's not it's uh, I think that's the only that's the, that's the word it is unforgivable but unforgivable. it's, right. it's,
1: it's very not, look, can I just say that it's, it's ahead, not yeah. even it's not even oh it's because there weren't there wasn't this more sophisticated reading of Hegel in the air like there is since mm-hmm. 1989 or whatever 1983 yeah. when Jillian Rose wrote Hegel contra sociology. No, it's like even it's even a bad Kojevian reading of Hegel. Yeah, yeah. Right Yeah. yeah
0: well, yeah. cuz the and the thing, I mean, this is what it, it is, I see as in that shift from freedom to sovereignty is that like there is a level of control that I think is in this book in 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 what he tries to exact on terminology and on concepts that is what I see as like that's the theoretical problem. Is it right, is is right. he is he tries very very tightly to control I, this is the big the biggest thing um, the group and so Hegel
1: just to, to to put a bow on that right so yeah. he thinks Hegel is a monist
0: a monistic thinker yes
1: right and he also thinks Hegel is a teleological thinker that is not a retroactive one the, right he knows from not a retroactive exactly he knows from the beginning where things are going to end right yes. and so he and, and so. It's interesting again because being a nothing is is is, is very Hegelian. He's talking about Hegel mm-hmm. all the time. He's very mm-hmm. mu- and then here is abandonment of that, and then he defines dialectic as this horrible in the beginning, yeah. as as the the opposition, the permanent dialectical unity. Dialectic is defined as the permanent unity of freedom and necessity, mm-hmm. right? Like that's just mm-hmm. like that 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 again like. The whole point, like, isn't the Hegel's whole point about dialectics, is that freedom? Uh, uh, there's a necessity at work that then is at contradiction with itself, and that's mm-hmm. how freedom emerges. So mm-hmm. it's not a mm-hmm. it's not a permanent struggle between like it's he's he's thinking t- in too much in terms of opposition, which will get. I mean, yeah. that, I think is the underlying problem with this yeah. book.
0: Yeah. So because we're going to get into a lot, like most of the episode is going to be uh, about the the series and the, and the group and the sort of problems that emerge there and how there's no psyche. I said, you know, previously it's like, it's fine that there's no psyche in Marx because Marx existed before Freud. And I would almost say it's fine that there's no psyche here because Sartre is very clear about like why he discounts psychoanalysis in the, in being in nothingness. But those principles are, are all are not really at work here either and right. so that's i think that's where it breaks down but let's ju- let's just do i want to do like these are four four i'm going to give four lines that i think are great and then the last greatest line hits. yeah greatest these hits. are great greatest hits which we're going to redeem it at, at, at a point we gonna... later <laughs> in the episode so these are some great i don't know that even that these are the best lines but they they stood out and okay. i think that they're they're wonderful as like little like one liners okay. um of course, strikes, and strikes being uh, not baseball, but like a political action, a strike, right. general strike. Right. Of course, strikes are violence against violence, but in the context of bourgeois democracy, even when they are illegal, they appear as the first violence. Now, it's on page 790. That's an incredibly pithy summation of of, of of where we're at. Like, no no better example in this country than the, uh, the rail... Workers strike. That right. Um, right. that pro union, the most pro union president, uh, Joe Biden, was ah, uh, he was hurt that he had to stop it. He was so. Yes. Did you see the tweet, Todd? He was tortured. He was yeah. tortured about having to stop this. And it's just keeping this in mind that like, it's obviously not true. When when workers go on strike, it's because of like to use let's just use Sartre's words because of the violence. In their working conditions. That's why you go on strike. That's why right. labor and organizing right. happens. Absolutely.
1: But that, so that violence it. is structural or objective, right? And exactly. So it's
0: invisible. Yeah. Exactly. That's it's nicely put. So then the strike seems that's the violence and it's like well, why are these people you know and this is like a very american attitude it's like well why are they striking i have the same i go through the same thing i don't get days off i would like that they should go back to work and it's like no 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 no. you are halfway there you should go on strike (laughs) too. like that's the you know like (laughs) that's the thing but the but the important thing and like why it's so good is that like the the strike appears as though it's like it strikes the first blow and when it, it doesn't uh it, it's it's a it's a response to the structural violence that is Can I, less much less visible than the strike is yeah go ahead absolutely
1: i think it's interesting that like, we're going to talk how this book has influenced other thinkers who probably didn't even read it mm. uh i think this is a point where he exactly pre- pre- predicts or 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 gives the paves the way for slavoj's book on violence like that is the mm. entire Mm. Thesis of Slavoj's book on violence. I mean, uh, he has some other stuff on divine violence, but the main idea is that we see what he calls subjective violence, and mm-hmm. we miss objective violence, like mm. the, which is the violence behind that causes the strike.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: We only see the subjective violence of the strike. So I find it's interesting. Both of us think this is a far lesser book than Being a Nothingness, and yes. yet it's the one that, ironically, has basically created post the second half of the 20th yes. century and 21st century philosophy. Yes. It's, it's, I, a, it's a, it's a fascinating.
0: It's, it's I, I, this is a glib way of putting it, but he invents Foucault and Deleuze in this book, like with just okay. different lines. I don't even know if we're going to get to the, to, to those lines, but what he's, what he says about multiple, I'll just put it really simply what he says about multiplicity, um, it invents Deleuze and what he, um, what he comes to about, the problem of the 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 group like a i'm going to put it in my own words like a genuine uh uh, politically active and like a progressive group forming not really being a possibility um because of what foucault would say would be like power dynamics and then now this group group becomes like that what he what he what sartre struggles with and in this book about like, how do we get like a genuine political collective? He doesn't like the word collective, but how do we get a genuine collective together is what Foucault will struggle with. It's like Foucault's whole
1: problem in the power, in the power period of his life. Yes.
0: Right? Yes. It's the entire problem.
1: Like he, it's, it's what he's thinking about in history of sexuality, volume one in discipline mm-hmm. and discipline and Punish. Like that is his yes. entire problem. And yes. it's exactly Sartre's problem in this book
0: yeah it's uh, yeah it's it's crazy so I'm gonna go on to yeah. my next line this is we're moving yeah, yeah. back we're, we're moving from the end of the book to the beginning of the book and that's how we're doing this conversation uh, every society selects its dead but the choice is made at the level of the upper classes that's on page 783 Incredible. great line uh, it, uh, absolutely cra- and it's again it's like this um I think it, again in an American context when Uh, Barack Obama and the Democrats wanted to, uh, get something resembling universal health care in this country, which we don't have, uh, except for Medicare, um, but then not available, but not universal. Um, and we got the Affordable Care Act. One of, what was one of the, the, uh, the, the the conservative talking points was that, oh, this is going to create death panels. Death panels. Like, right. is that like people who decide who gets the care, which is like, that's what insurance is anyway, but whatever we're, they, they were, they were going to ignore that. Um, but this line, so like th- this line, every society selects its dead, but the choice is made at the level of the upper classes. What the conservatives did was they flipped the structural violence onto a result of this policy which was right. also an obfuscation of what what the point of it was but it, it's just what what Sart identifies here is that like it is true that society selects who the dead are like the conservatives were right to say that except you know they're the ones who who do that it is the ruling <laughs> classes who do that so like right. that's right. that's the whole right. thing right. i i and right. a great and, and great pithy point. line yeah yeah great point um i have to say yeah.
1: I, I when i when i read that line again i thought of mari rudy because mm. She, she was initially mistreated by, in her cancer diagnosis, a friend, Mari Rudy, friend of the show, I guess we would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and friend of both of us. And uh, friend of real life, friend uh, of the show. And friend of real life and friend of the show. Uh, so she was mis- the, the mistreated for the, her initial breast cancer. And then when she, the, as a result of that, they're like, oh, you're too far gone so we're not going to give you any of the kind of treatment that could help you because we're going to treat you as already dead. So it's and this is by the way in Canada not in mm. the US. Um and she had to come to the she got a lot of money from her, her friends raised money and they're still trying to raise money but um she she got she, she can we came only when she came to the US where do- the doctors say well, you're not already dead like you can be treated. <laughs> so I think it's it's it really interesting that uh, there, it's all. It's almost like it's. That's not just a metaphor, right? Like yeah. it's not just Yay. a metaphor. That's a real. Yeah. That's a real thing. I mean, it's a. You. I think it's obvious too in homelessness, right? Like you. Mm, yes. When, you know, like those. Think how your life expectancy when you're living on the street. It's a. It's a lot. Yeah. It's it's significantly impaired, right? Mm-hmm, and and yet, mm-hmm. no one does anything. So that like the society. Right. Especially those in charge decide. And so that's the, I think that's exactly it seems like it's really and it's something we never think about. Right. We just you know, we just kind of go through the day and, and don't think like the dead are ch I mean, not always. Obviously, some people just have heart attacks. and dying, but I think. Well, I,
0: yeah. The, the, no, there's just the, the like the, the point you're making. I mean, I think like and this is a uh, this is a, where I was going to start to get into the thing where Sart makes an incredible point, and I insist: Were did he? If he had an, a notion um, of if he had a notion of the psyche that we have, if he had a notion of the, of drive, let's just say yeah. this: If he had a notion of drive, then he would also say that like, okay, every society selects its dead, but the choice is made at the level of upper classes, and he would include the thing that you said, which is that like that decisions made at the upper classes, and then. W- w- the the lower classes and the lower and the, the middle classes like the people who like i think homelessness is a great example is there's a psychical decision that's like well that's not my problem to solve and it's not but it also doesn't mean don't think about it which is so right, often right. ends up becoming and so like th- then you know you think like cuz that's not you it's not going to be you. What you have to do is, uh, you know, invest in the in the system in such a way so you don't end up in that place. And then right. you end up you end up doing you end up participating in choosing the dead, along Absolutely. with y- you underwrite right. what Absolutely the ruling classes true. did. Yeah.
1: But the problem is that you can't not right. Like you can't yeah. like giving fifty bucks to the homeless person doesn't mm-hmm. then mean that you're not participating in the system that chooses them as the dead. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. I, I think fair. that's a really yep. key. And I think Sartre would say that there's a lot of critique of liberalism here. And I think that that, Mm. and I think, you know, as a good liberal, you feel, you feel that makes you feel good, but it doesn't, it doesn't change structurally the system in which you're participating. And I think it even, I think you still allow, it still enables you to feel exactly the thing that you said, which I thought was brilliant, that what happens in that encounter is you think that is never going to be me.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right,
1: like that's mm-hmm. because you're like I've done the right things. I've saved my money. I've got a stable job. Even if I lose it, I'll get another one. Right, right. But the the point is whether you give money or not. The point is to see yourself in the in the person that's in that situation. Right. I it's, think that's the, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Star, so, well, that would be Sartre's point. I think
0: it's so it's so interesting that like the the see yourself in the position thing. I think in liberalism is like. Um, like there's this thing like oh no you you can't you can't see yourself in the plight of the homeless person because you're co-opting their narrative or something oh, right. so then it's like so then you then you right. just like oh so then then actually what you've done is you've given yourself an excuse to just not see it at all and not right. and not right. and not see right. how. Like there's actually like I I can't believe I'm going to make this this poll right now. There's a really great episode of the Golden Girls where Rose might I I think it's Rose might end up like there's some something happens where she loses her her money, loses her job. And she ends up talking about uh, a homeless woman that she often sees uh, like on on her on her way to work. And she says to I think Blanche that like, you know, I was struck that if I didn't have you three girls, like how easy it would be for me to be her and it's it's like i it, it, it's, like it's, it's really great. It's handled great. really great. Yeah. I mean, it's like Susan Harris. She was f- fantastic with the sitcom. Um, and the, one of the, like the, the, I think the, the, uh, one of the underrated U S, uh, sitcom, uh, creators, I mean, she, she did mod and, and there was, was oh, another one that she did that I'm, that I'm blanking on right now. That's incredible. But anyway, um, but like that idea, like, and that's on, that's on TV, that's on network television, like, like that, like that's, that's much like, that's a much more powerful idea than don't co-op someone's narrative. Like, yes, of course. Don't don't like yes, of course. Like don't pretend you're homeless because things right. are are, are right. momentarily right. Uh, inconvenient for you monetarily, but like also right. you do have to or see like yourself. Dress like,
1: up like a homeless person for Halloween. Like obviously.
0: Yeah, right 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 right. right, 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 Yeah. So um anyway, like that I think that you you that's where again, like maybe maybe that's a good little example of even within something that is like a like I, I think is, is a line to like a line to hang up like outside your office from sart like you can see like where the edge is if he included the psyche and 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 the yeah. and the drive and this undermining the uh, the the people who are not in the ruling class participate and reify to use a word he uses a lot actually reify that structural violence um right. like you you can see the the value of of including that in this kind of yeah. project i like um, that
1: idea of putting a sart quote on your door <laughs> you know, I, I I I did this. So I, I, I was at University of Vermont. It's during the Iraq, the Bush Junior Iraq War, and I he has this great line in Being Nothingness where he says, "We get, we get the wars that we deserve," and I just t- I typed that up and I put it on my door. And there's a there was at the time a Marxist in our department. There's a couple more, but this person isn't here anymore. And she was furious. She's like. Oh, I don't deserve this war. I didn't. I'm <laughs> oh, fighting against this I war. I didn't vote for the war.
0: Right? Like, well, it's I again, know, it's the same I thing. I didn't do the yeah. thing to the homeless person. It's right? Exactly. Like, you know, exactly. You exactly. have to see exactly. yourself in the in the. You have to see yourself implicated in the structure. Exactly. And, exactly. And if you don't, if you don't, then it perpetuates. I think. I this, just said,
1: uh, well, you're going down to the Seven Eleven, aren't you, or whatever <laughs> you're doing, <laughs> or to <laughs> the to the organic Whole Foods. We don't have Whole Foods in Vermont, but whatever it is. <laughs> Uh, you know, you're, 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 I mean, all, it's the war that enables that whole thing. Right. Right. Like that's right, right. right. Yeah,
0: yeah. So page you know, there 720. Was this, there was oh, this, go ahead. Po- I just in. want to say
1: one last thing yeah, about yeah. this. There was this poet, um, Denise Levertov and she would oh, never yeah. pay taxes because she, she was such a pacifist. She didn't want to contribute to the war. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, and and I was, this is when I was an undergrad, I learned about this and our, my poetry professor was so impressed by this. And I just raised my hand. I'm like. Well, don't taxes also go to like house people and? Are you sure? And, and he he he's, he's like, okay, well, let's go on. Let's talk about Keats now. So we, <laughs> so that was the end of that. But that's very funny. Anyway. I
0: mean, yeah. I I like uh, Denise Levertov's poetry a lot. That position, I do think, is a
1: uh, little. It's a little, is, is, it's a little is, precious. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not I really
1: think, thought through. I mean, right? Like, it's just not thought through because. Yeah. Well, know, it's to, it,
0: yeah, it's like, particular. Is what it is. Yeah, Yeah. it it's particular. It's it's yeah, yeah. and and it it partakes in the it partakes in the problem. It's like
1: no, I think she's a really great poet. I just yeah, I'm just well. It's like if you're
0: not, isn't it? Isn't isn't this the thing? Like if you're not actively doing the thing, you're not doing the thing.
1: Yeah, I also think it shows that. Shelley was wrong that poets aren't really the unacknowledged legislators of the world. <laughs> like, thank God, poets aren't the legislators of the world. <laughs> That's what I think. Uh, anyway, um,
0: nice. Uh, it's hard nice, to be nice, a legislator, nice I
1: think. I mean, it's hard. Like, don't you think? Like, think about. I'm sorry, this is such a tangent, but think about like <laughs> Go ahead. what we do. What do we do vis-a-vis Ukraine? Like, it's. A, I don't mm. think it's. Like it's hard. I I just wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be like the, even Emmanuel Macron for a lot of reasons. But although he is, he did get to marry, he's, he was hot for teacher and he got to marry his teacher. So <laughs> that's cool. But, um, I, I just, I, I just wouldn't want to be in that. Like, it's a, don't you think it's like a, it's just a hard mm-hmm. decision. Like, you know, d- because the, isn't the question, and this is such a tangent, I'm sorry, but isn't the question like, is Putin Saddam Hussein or mm-hmm. is he Hitler? Right, like right. That, what I right. mean is like, does yeah. he have imperial ambitions, or he is he just a horrible guy who's running his own country in a horrible way and will make make a couple little invasions that don't really mean anything? Like I think yeah. that's a like who I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, and like, look, okay, you can say there's a whole like capitalist thing behind, right? I understand, um, but there's still there's still a responsibility by on the part of these capitalist nations to defend us against fascism, right? Like that's their, like they, cr- fascism is created by capitalism. I accept mm-hmm. that, but you still mm-hmm. have to, I don't know. I, my view is you have to fight wars to stop fascism.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, and, it, well, and, uh, Todd, uh, don't, this is, I mean, I, I want to actually, I think I want to hold on to, to this example. I think it's worth coming back to because it's okay. precisely, I think this is precisely the problem that starts Star with, with the yeah. group. Like, it's like, how do you have the, like, how do you have the, um, the, the, like, how do you have the perfect response? So there's this, um, in, oh God, in political science, there's, um, there's a phrase have you ever heard this? You probably have, uh, like a wicked problem or a super wicked problem. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so that my understanding of it, which is probably wrong, but Todd, if being wrong is a crime, I'm serving forever. So (laughs) the, the idea of the wicked problem and, or the super wicked problem is that the solution partakes in the mechanism that created the problem in the first place. Yes. And, and so, so then very Hegelian like alien
1: thing. I would just want to say,
0: yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. like that, I mean, this is what you're, you're, this is what you're getting at. Right. Which is that like, Oh, like, so you like, can, can you have, is it possible? I think this is what starts doing. Is it possible to have the, um, the position that like we, we can address, like we have to address, um, fascism in a way the with the Putin situation, the, the 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 war in Ukraine, we have to address it in a way that doesn't perpetuate the structure of the problem that got us there. Exactly. Is that exactly. even possible? And like, and 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 I think that's what SART is taking on. And you see why previous episode, another callback. Uh, government becomes an impossible profession uh, in a in a different way. Is right. that like right. you you get? I think that like you get asked to uh, solve you get asked to solve problems in, in ways that don't perpetuate how we got there. And I I think that it's, it's a little bit in a, in a more mundane, but no less urgent thing. It's like, yes, of course you have to use fossil fuels to build like a wind farm or solar energy. Like you need, like you need trucks to bring it there. Like you're just going to have to do it. And it's not this, like it's not this gotcha uh, that like you need those things to do that. Like you, you, you have to do it. It's the only, it's the only way, to build like an infrastructure of renewable energy is like you actually, you do it at a, at a certain level, you have to perpetuate the problem of how you got there. And I think that that's right. kind of like with, you know, with, with Ukraine where, where you're at a little bit. Yeah. I, I that, yeah. I, that would be, I think that would be, be my take and, and we'll get, yeah. we'll, we'll get into like the, the bones of, of that a little bit. I want to just yeah. get to, I think one more couple thing. More. Yeah. Yeah. A couple more. Uh, and this is amazing because it, uh, is an echo, well, I mean, it works the other way around, but it's an echo of, uh, of a book and uh, uh, an idea that's very close to both of us. Uh, racism has to become a practice, colon. It is not contemplation awakening the significations engraved on things. It is in itself self-justifying violence, violence presenting itself as induced violence, counter-violence, and legitimate defense. And this is like Stolen this from is from
1: the field sisters he
0: exactly. stole it from. how could he have written that without reading racecraft it's impossible i don't know i don't I, know, I don't know. I don't and know. and it's like it's even like he even gets like and this is what you say that i,
1: I again because in case people are just listening to this episode the book is racecraft that we both think yes. is one of the great books of the 21st century um by yes
0: barbara and karen fields anyway so oh. oh clearly yeah like yeah, yeah. the um the 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 thing here that i think is is extra special that that he gets is the uh calling it self-justifying violence because this absolutely is absolutely it,
1: right. It's, it, that's exactly their point. And then the way that he says, it seems like it's responding to something, right? Like that's, that's what they call the race mm-hmm. racism swindle, right? Like the, the way that uh, the racist is believes themselves to be responding to racial difference. Mm-hmm. Yes. When it's, when, as he's saying, it's the racist act that actually creates the racial difference. Yes. He doesn't, and he doesn't lay it out as clearly as they do, but that's what he says. No,
0: saying. no. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have the pithy uh, racism creates race like yeah. uh, line that the that the fields do, nor uh, like, but he gets like, I mean, because they're a great example from Racecraft is the, um, the sentence that doesn't sound wrong to an American right. ear, which is uh, black Southerners were segregated because of their skin color. And yeah. what, like, this is their whole like point on on racecraft like like what what racecraft is and the why they they have it like witchcraft is that like in in a total sleight of hand, suddenly what an aggressor does becomes on account of who the target is, right, black Southerners were segregated because of their skin color, and it's like and, and, it's and, and,
1: and what's what I love about that is it seems so just obvious, like I yeah. think I almost think a hundred percent of the people that heard that would say, of course, that's true, yeah. Of course 100 percent of people who thought of themselves as anti-racist
0: yeah would yes. say
1: that's true yeah. yeah yeah that's
0: why that happened but but yeah. then you sometimes when I teach this I like to uh, like I like to change the terms a little bit what's it, like but if you heard someone say um the woman was sexually assaulted because of what she wore immediately <laughs> you know like oh that's not right. right but it's but but what is that but then but you hear black Southerners were segregated because of their skin color they're like yeah of course it is of course it yeah. of course it's how it was yeah. it's like sure. it, so like that 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 uh, like you have to I like that it,
1: little change to it. Thank that's you, good. I,
0: thank uh, you. That's good. Well, it's well, I think it's it's it, it it um it's consonant with their with their point, which is that like you have to you have to learn how to hear and see how right. race is created to to actually right. mount the the an uh, anti-racist project worthy of the yeah, name. And I yeah, good. Don't you think
1: Sartre is pretty great on this? Like he's also great on it on the other side, right? Like that that. A, a, a situation becomes intolerable to a subject mm-hmm. when the subject has already created the project of getting out of the situation so mm, that there's no yes, yes, yes. objective situation that's just intolerable. Like we, can, we get used to everything, as Dostoevsky mm-hmm. says, right? Like so, But it's only once you have a project of getting out, then it's intolerable. Yes. Right. Like that. That's what makes it intolerable. Like I spent I think... all yesterday in an air in an airport <laughs> of some sort. Oh my
0: god! And
1: if I would have just thought to myself, "Oh, my life is in an airport," like that guy in that Spielberg, I was going <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: for the terminal or the terminal, the, the terminal, airport.
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then then it would have been fine, right? But I had a project of, oh, I'd like to go sleep in my bed at home, and yes, that made it intolerable. Like I, right. I called you. I was calling our friend Felicia I was calling everybody yeah and I I was like a, I was reading Robespierre but I could you know how it, it's hard to read in the airport
0: yeah, yeah yeah it is hard anyway anyway so
1: but that but but I think it it's it works on the other way too right mm-hmm. that's my point yeah
0: yes I no no no, I think I think that's totally true I mean like that maybe that's um uh one one area where he, he does maintain the existential gains that he made uh in in the previous, although book, I think major, I'm quoting being work. a nothingness. Oh, are you actually okay? I, I think, think you are. I am. Yeah, there you are. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Well, in any case, so here's because that's be our one. point, right? That's our yes. main
1: takeaway from this book is that he 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 sacri It's a good Marxist work, but it sacrifices too much of the existentialism from being yes. a nothingness, right? Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a. I think that's to to make it a make it a bullet point. So this is going to be the last line. This is going to bring us okay. back to. Back to the beginning of the book. Okay. Uh, what matters is that within a group, given the individual. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. This is it. I'll read it properly. Uh, what matters is that within a given group, the individual is constituted in his humanity by other individuals, both as expendable and as scarce. And I think this is this is really great. This is, we saw this in. I think one of the uh one of the positive uh theoretical uh gains that was made during the pandemic i think was that it became very obvious to people uh the phrase in the us i think this was used elsewhere of essential workers i think essential, people were, recognized the worker is not essential but the job is but you don't you but there those jobs are not paid uh commensurate with how essential they are, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like that's, and, and you can even see it now in uh, the way that we, we talk about the economy and uh, you know, I don't know, just, just uh, jobs like in the job market and, and all these things is that like the, the worker has to be completely expendable, utterly interchangeable. And like, it could be anybody doing these most essential allegedly of tasks and also it has to be scarce because yeah. if it's not if the, then like there's no what what pressure is there on the the labor market you know like if it's not right. scarce if you can if you can calmly if you can lean back and just smoke a long cigarette you know at, at a job interview and just you know demand whatever salary you want it's like no one's coming mm. It's like, I know this is, you know, like, then that's a problem. So, like, it has to be both expendable and it has to be scarce because you have, right. To, like... Right, well, it also, that's it, the only yeah, way
1: ahead. that the, the capitalists can keep the wage
0: down, right? Yes, like, exactly. A, that's yeah, that's a huge what I'm problem. belabored to try to get. Yeah, no, but right, say more right. about
1: that. No, no, I mean, that's why you need, and I think this this is tied to the scarcity thing, you need the reserve army, the unemployed. He yes. He doesn't ever mention them in here. But no. I think that's really important, you know, like, you can't... uh you can't have, but but isn't it? True? I think it's true. I'm just going to put it in the form of a question. But isn't okay, it true that that capitalism creates scarcity? Right? Like it yes. It, it, yes. It, it, it requires scarcity, and this is why. I, I don't mean to impugn all economists, but economics as a discipline is founded on the idea of scarcity, and is scarcity real? Right, mm-hmm. and I think that's a genuine mm-hmm. question, right? Like, is it, like, or is it something that that is a product of of a capitalist economy, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, he said, but I think he's so invested in the idea of scarcity, and this will turn to the, I think, the problems with this, this yeah. book, right? Like he, the, he says we're united by the fact that we all live in a world which is determined by scarcity, and, yes. and I think Darwin thinks that too, right? Darwin yes. thinks that too. And I think that that's not right. Like I think mm-hmm. that, that I think I, again I think scarcity. Whenever I hear scarcity, I mean not to. <laughs> I I reach for my gun, right? Like I think that <laughs> I think that right. I th- because I think that's the that's that's ideology speaking, right? Like that's mm-hmm. uh, it, it, usually it's people that have a lot that are saying <laughs> well, we, there's the resources are scarce, so we gotta. Conserved, right? I mean, I Mm -hmm, I I just mm -hmm. think it's I I think that there's a way that we fear abundance, and Mm -hmm. so we create this ideological structure of scarcity that I think Sartre is completely bought into.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting because when he introduces the idea of scarcity, he is wise to it being a capitalist construction. Like I, I don't, I don't have the line in front of me, but like he totally gets it. But he continues to talk about it in such a way that it, it becomes a natural fact of yeah. the world. And so, like he, he almost rather than I, I just I, I I think it's interesting. I wonder if you have an idea of why in the project he chooses to proceed along this path. But I yeah. don't know why. I don't know why his 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 line of attack is not we need to attack the idea of scarcity, but rather how do we work under its yoke? That seems to be what he does is like, like how like, like this is capitalism is the, it's the only game in town or whatever. And this is what it does to us. So we need to understand how it works. And this is how we can work within that, those Mm -hmm. rules. And I don't think I really get why, What's the exigence? What's the necessity of why he has to do that instead of rejecting the principle of scarcity as you and I are trying to do?
1: Right, I think right. it's a great question. I think it's, to me, it's because he thinks of the individual subject always in struggle with others. Okay. Right? So I think that the, the idea of scarcity is is symbiotic with that notion of struggle. Like, I mean, that's Darwin too, right? Like there's no... Like there has to be some kind of struggle, and mm-hmm. why would struggle be necessary? Like he sees struggle, mm-hmm. he thinks there is struggle as, mm-hmm. as something existentially requisite, and then he he says, "Well, what is the what's the driving that struggle? It can't be. This is the mm-hmm. matter, we get back to the missing psyche. It can't be yeah. something like drive, you know, <laughs> right, s- right, right. Our own self destructiveness. Mm-hmm. It has to be." We're struggling with the problem of scarcity, right? There's no yeah. theory of desire; it's a theory of need, yeah. right? So, mm-hmm. why don't we? Why isn't every? Why aren't we developing into a egalitarian system? Because there's scarcity, so we can't. And like, I think that there's not this sense of well, maybe the reason we're not is because of this it's, it's desire, right? Self destructiveness. Mm-hmm. So, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I, I think that that's why. Like, you can't. It, it, everything for him is determined through struggle. Even the even when we become what he calls a group infusion. I mean, we'll get to this group. The group thing is really important. Yeah. I mean, that's the ba- that's the heart of the book. Yes,
0: uh, literally, it's right, he, it's right in the middle, it's like the it middle, is, 300 <laughs> literally pages, yeah. the heart of the book. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but there, the, 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 there's a problem, right? Like, like even even when I join a group, I become a thing. So there's all there's this. And he he has this, this wild expansion of the idea of reification, and I think it does mm-hmm. have this basis in scarcity and struggle. He says it's not the metamorphosis of the individual into a thing that's Marx's position mm-hmm. as is often supposed he doesn't say by Marx, but that's what he means mm-hmm. but the necessity imposed by the structure of society on members of a social group that they should live uh, they should live the fact that they belong to the group and to society as a whole so mm-hmm. the w- a, he says a sort of mechanical rigidity haunts them, right? And, and so, and I think that he really—and this comes to the gr- group thing—I think, right? It, it actually transitions perfectly to that because mm. he thinks that we in to live in society is to be reified and is to lose your what would you yes. call it spontaneous yeah. self into these rigid categories that have been set up for you. Well, you can see.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, you can see in there how he invents Deleuze. Like, I mean, there's like the idea of being organized by the outside. I mean, and then Deleuze He even uses the term molecular. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. He
1: uses the term molecular. Yes.
0: Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a couple, there's there's a couple, I think, um, alleys that he goes down that are like, that are interesting, but I, I think he ends up he ends up delighting in the problem of multiplicity. And then I think that's part of why the book is so long is that like, he (laughs) has to try to work it out and, and he, he kind of, he kind of can't, but like the, so another, so another thing like that, that's important to know about this book is that, um, and this is, goes with what you're, with what you're saying is that object is also bad. So like the object is, is always bad. This is not a dialectical notion of object. This is one of the things that he rejects from Hegel. He has a very like, a very like one, like I don't know. I don't even know what the the phrase was. Just a one sided look at like when Hegel says has an idea of subject becoming object and object becoming subject. What what you and I would say of this idea of of Hegel's is like you you have to see like your investment in things. And, and like how, how it's like a given, like, how can you tell that you know, he has that great example of like, what's the difference between your book, the book that you have and an identical copy of the same book you, but you know, which one is yours in, in, in a room like the, and it could just be, I don't know, little, maybe there's little differences we could say about it, but like, you know, one of these books is yours and it's an identical copy of every single other one, but you know, one of them is yours. And so there's this, you know the something that you have put into the object that you are extracting and then there's some level of subjectivity that is in the object because of that and then this is also and like and then you can get into a Lacanian thing where it's like what object do you occupy for another person is like right. you know what you know like the, the all those things everything we just said, not how Sartre sees it. Sartre sees it as, like, the subject becomes an object. Is the subject becoming a thing? And the subject becoming a thing is being determined by the outside. And if right. the subject is being determined by the outside, you are no longer you. You have lost your multiplicity. You are this one thing. And you you have been determined and organized by the outside. And this is bad. And this all needs to be rejected. And blah, 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 <laughs> blah. I hate that. God. I mean, like, the
1: who cares if the person... Is, <laughs> Of course, they're making you into an object. I mean, who cares? I just don't you think like it's just yeah. the dumbest thing I've ever heard? It doesn't make any sense at all, you know? Like, oh, oh they're not treating like I'm not a subject to, like, of course, you're not. I mean, what,
0: yeah, it's I mean, a, well, like,
1: what, yeah, I just this uh, is
0: this, this is where <laughs> you're, I love Sart, di- but come on. Your well, your cool. disgust. Your disgust here is where this is like a you can see what happens in this. This happens a lot, where uh, like this is this would be paranoia, is like is like the right. the out the outside world is oppressive. Like everything, all everything leans on me. Absolutely everything leans on me, and so like when then when paranoia, like this happens a lot. I think in the book when paranoia gets to a certain point where it's like well but then how do you change the outside? So then should there be a, you know, he throws cold water on the uh, dictatorship of the proletariat. Like, like he, he, he doesn't want that. That's not a solution for him. And so then what sort of fills in the gaps of paranoia is hysteria. Like there's no possibility of like a a, a master or a mastering system that's good enough that could possibly see who he is or who any of us are. Um, but he rejected this being seen at all, you know? And so these, these six kind of like, they work in each other. And I I just, I just like, you could like, you can see whether any of the postmodernists read this or not. It's just like, you can see like, this is just postmodern. This is like postmodern thought. It's like, it's all in this book. It's like that. Absolutely. All of it is there. And, and, and it has all of its problems too. And I, I think, I kind of think if Sartre couldn't work it out, then, then you're, you're heading down an alley that you need to, Turn, turn around from because the so dead go, end. goes somewhere else, right? Go somewhere right? else. Like,
1: like, I think you know, I think this whole thing about the object and like the other, like any concession to the other is just horrible for him, right? Like, yes, like, uh, yep, everyone observes their direct action deprived of real meaning insofar as the other governance governs it, and in his mm-hmm. turn, hastens to influence the other over there without any real relation to his intent. Like, the other governs, it. and then he says. The broadcast. This is what my my least favorite line. The broadcaster's voice oh, is yeah. unbearable to me insofar yeah. as it is listened to by others. Really, right? Really, that bothers you so much. I don't. I don't. I find it unbearable if I'm the. Only, I mean, unless it's Troy Aikman as the broadcaster. I mean, <laughs> it's. I, I know he's not talking about football announcers, but uh, no, like like <laughs> That's like really I funny. like what like what's the What's the problem? Right? Like what's the problem? Yeah. Other people are listening to the voice too. Who cares? I just No, but that's like, well, such so, a go ahead. I mean, no, this comes back you, to I, the scarcity and the struggle, right? Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. I'm like, listen. I'm a million billion percent I'm with you on this. Here's what he would say is the problem is that like the very fa- so the the when you recognize this is his I think this is the claim. When you recognize that the announcer is not just speaking to you, but is speaking to everybody who's listening, then you need to feel that unbearable pressure of being like leaned on and organized. That's why the announcer's voice is, is unbearable. Uh, to, that I think that that has to be the the claim. I, I, mean, I understand.
1: Again, yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. Your point is good. And you're exactly right. That's what he would say. I just find, do you, you understand? I know you understand this, yeah. but there's, there's absolutely, if that's your view, you're going to go through your life just like oh this is inauthentic this is yeah. inauthentic i can't yes. i can't we might as well talk about it right like i can't buy a record because <laughs> the, you know uh, it's just the other is telling me to buy it i, don't, I yes. don't really like i don't really like the replacements someone else just told me <laughs> to like them right. well so <laughs> we've been talking we, about the replacements could, in private quite a bit lately so we can choose that right like we're i we're going to choose well they're going to be i don't the really exa- like you know I don't really like uh whatever what's what's a what's let's pick a pick a pick a good song ryan and
0: i don't really from like. from the replacements or just yeah. by anybody. Yeah, but find the
1: replacements. If you
0: said you didn't like Left of the Dial, I would end the podcast. Yeah, yeah. you would end the podcast. I would end it. I would would, would get yeah, canceled. McGowan. Right. That's that's from. (laughs) (laughs) So the no, this is so Sart does Todd, Todd isn't just picking a random example. The um in the there there are two two big um. There are two big like set-piece examples that uh, Sartre right. uh, constructs, and one is the bus stop and the other is the record store. And they do not... What they don't have is the existential uh, complexity that the cafe did in being in nothingness. I think at the end of the first episode I said, paying attention to the, uh, the coffee shop will pay dividends when we talk about the critique of dialectical reason, and okay. here it is. So... Um, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to start with the bus stop and then I'm going to work. We're going to work our way back to the, to the records. No, 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 no. It's like, we're going very gradually through this thing. I I understand the, um, okay. So Sartre looks out his window and this is on 221. This is the first time he meant, he, he mentions this. Uh, and he sees people waiting for a bus. And he says this. From my window, I can see men who do not know each other walking across the square to jobs which, at least at the present level of the investigation, isolate them from one another. I can also see a group of people waiting for a bus while none of them pays the slightest attention to the others. So what he's going to go on to say, I mean, what his point is with this, and I have, I mean, we brought this up at different podcasts, is that this is how capitalism may groups people into a series.
1: series so right.
0: there is no connection between the people waiting for the bus apart from the very superficial level that they all have to go to work and they clearly work somewhere around the same place. Right. So that, and that this is what he says is what capitalism does is it separates us from, from each other. Capitalism um, although,
1: serializes us. Right? It I mean, serializes. That's, us. Yes, that's a, that's, I mean seriality is a bad word for him. Bad right? word. Like that that is it. That is
0: right, right. Another bad. Yes, another bad word. Every time he mentions it, is a bad thing. What we need to do is. I mean, he says this at different points. Uh, we need to liquidate seriality, and we have to become right. a group infusion. But there, there's like there are problems. The problem, the problem with the idea, it's in the example. And so here's a couple of different things. For one, and I kind of like this. Almost feels a little gotcha. I feel a little, a little bad about this one. Um. From what position is he looking at these people on the bus? Wait waiting for the bus. He's in he's inside, he's writing this book, he doesn't have to go to work. He's like in the same way that these people do. He's looking down like he's literally looking down at them. Yeah. And part part of and it's not just a positionality thing, it genuinely is condescending because he does not imagine that any of these people have the the depth. That he had when he went into a coffee shop and he was looking for his friend Pierre, who wasn't there. And it's just like, it, it, it's, it's, it's symptomatic of how the existential project evaporates in evaporates, this Evaporates,
1: right. Like, why doesn't he see the nothing that's bonding them? Yes. On the bus. There's, no, the bus nothing. There, there's, no, there's nothing. no nothing. There's no the mentioned- nothing. Where's the Nothing.
0: You mentioned the replacements, like two at least two replacement songs about being on a bus that right. are that have greater existential depth than what he says about the bus stop in this. Yeah. And that's "Kiss Me on the Bus" and "Can't Hardly Wait." And "Kiss Me on the Bus" is this is this should be taught alongside Marvell and uh, Herrick if people still teach in English classes. Uh, "To His Coy Mistress" and or uh, "To Virgins, To Make Much of Time." This guy's trying to get, and "Kiss Me on the Bus," the replacement song. This guy's trying to convince the, uh, a woman to kiss him before he gets off at his stop. And like the kind of hilarious thing about it is like, it's not, it's not that he is, it's creepy. Yes. But he, he's not insisting on the kiss so much as it happened before he gets off at his stop. Right. Cause right. he's got to right. go, he's got to get off his can, stop.
1: Can, he, can I just say one other thing about this? That, that, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That There's a great movie called Adventureland. Do you know it? Oh with, yeah. Uh, Jesse yeah, 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 Eisenberg yeah. and, and uh, yeah. Kristen Stewart. And, and, and they play on this in this, in the, I think they do in a really interesting way. So, at the end of the film, Jesse Eisenberg takes a bus to New York to see to see Kristen Stewart, and mm. the Replacement song "Unsatisfied" is playing while he's on the uh, nice. bus. And so nice. I know that they know "Kiss on the Bus" uh, is, is like that's in the background of that song, right? Like that's yes. in the background of that song. Right? Oh Same.
0: man, the Replacements. Yeah. I think last, just real quick on them that they're the last rock and roll band. I think. That's the last rock and roll band. And we could probably do, I don't know how interesting this would be to anybody. And I mean, I don't know if, if anybody would let us know. Don't, don't really let us know if this would be interesting. Don't let us know. I, right. d- definitely don't let us know. But they are the perfect example of drive. As a band. Right. Be, and right. I get upset when people get it wrong because what they did, a, so much stuff to undermine themselves. They, they were on SNL. It was this moment. They played Kiss Me on the Bus. It was this moment where they could have gotten really, really big, but they trashed a the hotel room. Bobby Simpson took a, took a shit in an ice bucket and put it in the elevator and sent it to the <laughs> bottom floor. Like, they they, they they, cursed on air. Lorne Michaels banned them from the show. And, like, what people say, like, oh, they always could have made it, but they did something to undermine themselves. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. The thing that undermined them was that they were brilliant. That's yeah. it. Th- th- that's that was the undermining thing. It was the talent they had. It wasn't that they ruined the, their chances of being big because if they weren't good, you history would have forgotten them. But like they were so, they invented like alt country and like indie rock and coffee shop rock and like like along their career, and that that was what undermined them. Was that they were so good? That's b- because they were destructive, but they couldn't really be self-destructive all the way, Todd, because they were so good. That's anyway. Right. So that's right. well, that qu- is
1: their. I mean, that's why they were good,
0: right? Because that's why they were smart good, smart. and so yeah, that's yeah, yeah. and so this gets us back to the record shop. Um,
1: well, for let's Sar- stay on the bus for one minute. Okay, for a minute. I, I like the replacements, and I want to talk about the bus. Okay, um, right, go ahead. <laughs> but I, I, I want to say that did is what Sart failed to understand. Mm-hmm. is that I, I think there are two films that are a little illuminating, right? One is bad okay. and one is good. Okay. Um Spike Lee's Get on the Bus, right? Okay. Like isn't it interesting? I mean that's a it's not a good movie, but what's interesting about it is that's a real that's a like they're serially together mm. and yet there's a kind of a, a, a bond forms so, and and in mm-hmm. so, even in so far as they have to throw a certain person out because he's not he doesn't fit in the, the bond, right? And so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so there's that. And then I, the, the film that I think of totally is Speed, right? Like, mm. like Speed, like they're all in there. They're, they're randomly together, mm-hmm. and yet they're connected by a, a nothing, like their own annihilation because there's a mm-hmm. bomb on the bus, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it bonds them together. And I think, you know, what's interesting to me, okay, Speed, I think, is a great movie. Yeah, and Speed Two is a terrible movie, and it's set on a yes. cruise ship. Now, what is mm-hmm. the difference? Okay, Canal Reeves is replaced by Jason Patrick, better actor, probably, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, so it's not this, that that,
0: that, hurt, that hurts. Sorry. To you. You're I probably, know, I know, I know. Well, I lost a lot of right. credibility with a lot of people. Anyway,
1: but <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jason <laughs> Patrick's pretty good actor. Uh, all right, I wasn't keep, totally keep. a diss on Reeves. So
0: all right, keep uh, it going, uh, keep it going.
1: <laughs> but my point is, yeah. the cruise ship is not a public space. Yes. And so yes. that's why as a spectator, you couldn't feel there. There lacked the nothing yes. that there was on the bus in speed, the first speed.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think that's why you feel as a spectator, you're caught, you're on the bus too. And I think mm-hmm. Sard failed to get on the, to put it in Spike Lee's terms, <laughs> Sard failed to get on the bus, right? Like yes. just what you were saying, like he wasn't, th- and it's not fair. I mean, he rode the subway and the, but he didn't drive a car. Uh, Thank God, I can't even imagine start driving a car <laughs> um like I think that the i think that the 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 he's 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 not he's thinking you're right to say he's thinking of it from up outside, yeah, but he should have thought about it from the perspective of within and then yes, the nothing is is there like there mm-hmm. the nothing is there when you're on the like it's the where is it it's in Oh someone's talking to me. I wish they weren't talking to me cuz I just <laughs> want to read my book or sure. someone won't someone looks at me funny or some you know all there are all mm-hmm. these ways in which the negation and the nothing is is evident on the bus. So, because it's a public space, right? Yes. It is a public. I mean you have to pay to get on but it's basically a public space. So I think he he it's a it's a great example and yet he does a terrible job with it. Yeah. Terrible because he <laughs> misses the the thing that's so there in being in nothingness.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's no that's exactly. Like it, it's um I mean this is uh so I I do I'm trying not to steal from myself for an cuz we may do an episode on this. Um I have an article that's coming out that about the bottle episode form of television that is in dialogue with um Sartre on this point and what just along with what you're saying that what Sartre doesn't see and and this is what I play out in the in the bottle episode but I'm just use the the speed example is that it it's he sees that C, what seriality does is it makes isolated individuals and because of seriality does this there's no possibility of creating a politically active group because of right. this force and what we're saying is that it's actually through isolation maybe even like I, I don't, I don't want to say this in like it's not capitalism doesn't create the subject, but it's through it's incidental to this, not in, uh, integral. But it's yes. through the isolation that a group can form. It's it's like it, and, and it's it, it's it's like it's actually I would say this: it is through superficial connection that a, a, a tight group. Conform, Absolutely. and and he dispenses Absolutely. this. Comp- it's why I think I don't know if this I, there might be like legal reasons why you can't do this. It's why I think like the Democrat, Democratic like Socialists of America, like they should go to Comic Con to like uh, recruit <laughs> members, like like find like people who are together because of superficial interests, and like and then you you build the politically active uh, collective uh, from there. But like that, that's he has no because the nothing when he goes to the to, to the coffee shop and recognizes that there is an a priori like an an undergirding nothingness a gap, a gap to human yeah. experience it's not here anymore it's it's now now because people are made a series there's there's no possibility uh, of 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 connection the, or the connection they can form is superficial and it's not just i think it's it's superficial which is not I'm sorry not yeah it is superficial. It is superficial it's, for him. It's yeah. condescending, yeah. but th- that's, th- I almost think those things don't as ma- matter as much as it being theoretically wrong and not even like agreeing with his major point and being in nothingness is like, it's the the gap that is foundational and formative of the group. And that's my point in this bottle episode. essay is that bottle episodes all, like almost always dramatize this. They isolate individuals, characters. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen it, what's a bottled episode, Ryan, can you explain it really quickly? It's, uh, if you've ever seen a television show where people are stuck in an elevator or in a meat locker, which happened to Lucy and I Love Lucy two times, um, that's a bottle episode and uh it isolates individuals or balance and creates of terror or Just balance of terror to, to people the, the,
1: that need to the Star to, Trek uh,
0: need uh, a Star <laughs> Trek reference. <laughs> it's in it I it all they always isolate the individuals and they need to come together in a way that they couldn't have Ex- uh, Otherwise, uh, they could not have come together for this way except for the isolation. That's the and that, that's what the bottle episode does. Isn't which is which is contingent,
1: right? It, yes, and, and, and it's a series, and I think that's yeah. the thing, right? And then so he can't his inability to see the gap and that it's the gap that bonds is what yes. makes him. He can he only thinks of collectivity in a. I, I hate to say this, but in in a, like a, a authoritarian. Fascistic way, right? Like, yeah, like so. His the, so the difference so bad for him is series, good yes. for him is group infusion, right? Or yes. even fused group or group, right? Yeah. Um, and so he says this he says, The reality of a praxis of a fused group depends on the liquidation of the serial, mm. both of everyone and by in, in everyone, in everyone, and its replacement by community. So, you not only does it not do what he said, you actually <laughs> lose. Yourself in the group, right? Like yeah. you to. So he can't think that. Oh, there might be a group like every the model for a group for him. And mm-hmm. I'm not exaggerating. This is the actual model. Is is the lynch mob? Like yeah. that's the model of a not just a reactionary group. That's the model for a revolutionary group. Yeah. I mean, he can't think of it otherwise. And that's. I, I mean, look. If we can't. If there isn't a difference. Between a lynch mob and a revolutionary uh, emancipatory project, then then everything is lost. Yeah. Right. Then we, yeah. we might as well not even be talking on this show. Yeah. And, and Sartre doesn't think there is a difference.
0: Yeah. He doesn't. I mean, because except it, in, in the
1: content, he would say in the content, yeah. right? But I mean That's formally. What...
0: He doesn't yes, think formally a yeah that's exactly right yeah formally they're the same this is the problem is that the only difference becomes and he doesn't make this claim but like what could we extract the only difference between the emancipatory revolutionaries and the and the lynch mob is it's it's a moral difference it's like well they're they yes they're they doing formed, a good
1: thing the lynch is doing,
0: doing a bad thing the bad thing and like that's yeah. structurally really really weak um, because you, you give so much ground, you give so much ground to the people that you're like, the reason why you're starting the revolutionary group in the first place, you're giving them so much ground by saying, oh yeah, the groups, groups are formed the same way. Absolutely. And like, Absolutely. and, and that's just a huge, it's a huge problem. Uh, but, I mean, if th- you read this book,
1: you're like, aren't you like, I'd rather be in the series than in the fused group infusion. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Yeah. It, well, cause it's so, such a relentless project. Like, like the, huh. what he prescribes is like, you have to like, because the problem is anytime a gr- if a group does emerge out of a series, it is always a danger of falling back into the series. Like right. it's, it's, you know, and, and this is the, this is where you get into the kind of the, what would become something that Foucault would grapple with is like, okay, if, if you're going to be against the people in power and you're going to form a group and then the group becomes in power like what do you do with that do and like right. and so sartre is in kind of the same thing is that like like there is always there's a danger of the group becoming uh determined by that which is outside of them and i think it's because he's lost the existential project and it's everything we just we were just talking about with like the bus stop and not seeing the gap and and not not seeing the like not seeing the the, the subjectivity in the uh the people who are superficially grouped you know, not being able to see right. the the subject of those you know those replacement songs that I that I mentioned. Like, I mean, it's not his fault that he died a year before. Sorry, my for I take the trash. It came out like it's not his fault. <laughs> but like he, but I will say on this point in the in the record store thing. Like, so he says this thing. Like, if you have yeah, let's talk about re- the
1: record store. Yeah, yeah
0: if you go to the record bit. store and you always buy the top ten, what he says it's a very pithy line. He says you have a record collection of no one. Like you, right. y- it's it's been determined by what's you know popular, uh, from outside of you. And like, you could say totally like, like, sure. Like that gets, it, it, you, if you collect what's popular, you, you know, that's what you have is, 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 you do have this thing that's a little bit determined from the outside. Can I, uh, can he, I read the
1: line to you? Go I, ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, 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 actually uses the term that we've just been talking about. So because I mm. if I go into the shop, I buy the record oh, yeah. and take it away. It is a record seriality, yeah. a record yeah. which I must have because the other has it, a record I listen to as an other Adapting mm-hmm. my reactions to those I, which I anticipate in others, mm-hmm. it just it's amazing, right? It, it's Adorno yeah. for one thing. Adorno just stole it, or he's—I yeah. <laughs> yeah. don't know. I mean, I guess he stole it from Adorno. It's very—he's very proximate to Adorno. Yeah, they're it's proximate. Post, this is after dialectic, lane, but but it's for negative dialectics, So I don't know mm. how to. But it's probably he took it from Adorno, but um, without any credit. Um, <laughs> but that just this is terrible, right? Like, yeah, like that like that and and you and i are big fans of the greatest hits album. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, totally. he really he really has nothing good to say about that, right? Like he, he thinks Yeah. it's just it's terrible. Like I, I if i buy the number 1 record each week, i yeah. end up with a record collection of the other. And yeah. y, y, you know, i think you should talk about this because i think what you've got to say is pretty good about it, but i i think that that there's just there what he ends up facilitating is this kind of perverse, I got to n- always be getting what no one else is listening to, mm-hmm. right? Like I, yes. I'm gonna, oh, you, I'm listening to a band you've never heard, no one's heard of them. <laughs> they only have like th- four people listen to them on Spotify. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's my, they're my favorite band, right? Like, right, it, right? You know, right. It can't be like, I can't like you 2 or whatever. Or, um I don't do, know. Uh,
0: do you know do you know that uh kid kids won't follow by the replacements written in reaction to that u two song i think it's i think it's like i is, is it, will
1: follow yeah oh. or yeah or
0: kids will yeah kids will follow like they will follow yeah, yeah. that thing that written in direct yeah. uh direct reaction to it, so okay, keep bringing up the replace, Replacements. replacements very cool band to like if you're really into them, call them the mats that's the nickname for for fans that's how you show you're in the in group here's the thing what SART has no uh space for. I'm going to put it in two sentences, and I think this is true about Adorno as well. Uh, there is no space for liking something avant-garde in a mainstream way, and there is also no space for liking something mainstream in an avant-garde way. It just does not exist. It doesn't occur. If it does occur to start, it's not possible to include. The popular is always bad. There, There, there is nothing of value in the popular. If there is anything of value in the popular, it is diluted. It has been, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, to keep going with this, you know what? I hope there's someone who's a fan of this, that fan of our show that is a big fan of the replacements. And this, as I've said many times, we try to give everything to someone. So I hope this is someone's like, this is they're they're getting a lot out of this. This like, is a replacements t- episode, This is right? our replacement. Yeah. So don't, <laughs> don't tell a soul uh, is uh, nineteen eighty nine and it's an the album that for a long time was uh, kind of reviled amongst even like hardcore replacements fans, but has undergone kind of like a critical reevaluation. And one of the reasons why. It was uh, hated is because of the uh, production, the, the big label production that was put over the songs to make it kind of sound like everything else on the radio. And um, it has recently been remixed on an album called uh, Dead Man's Pop, which is what they were going to call it. Um, and it's very, very good. It's much better. A good mix of a song, Todd, is, I would say, as important as the right translation of a right, philosophical right, work, of, I would of say a that,
1: philosophical work. Yeah,
0: yes, yeah, I think they're they're sure. the they're they're the same thing. But but the thing is though is that the songs are the same. They're the same songs. It's just the the mix was was different. And it's like if you can't if you can't hear how incredible aching to be is on like the way that the the mix was or or um, or I'll be you, and then you're just kind of like you, what you're adopting is the Sartrean position of like oh this has become popular. I cannot like it. Therefore. Mm-hmm like it's it's bad if it's if if it's popular and there just has to be room for either radicality in the popular or that you can like something in the popular in a way that is radical or and yeah. you can like something radical that is popular and that th- there are there are actually different ways of missing what is uh, potent about something like right. in, in either direction. And it's just really not possible here. I'll say it again. You can like something avant-garde in a mainstream way and you can like something mainstream in an avant-garde way. Right. And Absolutely. the, and, yeah. and I, and I think that like that, that's why doesn't Sartre structurally or theoretically see that. And he, cause he's not a, he's not dialectical. Look, like, like that, look, like here, that's a, di- right. that's a dialectical. It's a dialectical premise.
1: point, right? Like, yeah. like, look, look, things are, this doesn't make sense to a person who believes that everything is a capitalist plot but yeah. <laughs> things are popular for a reason right like sure yeah, like, yeah yeah like i just think if you think that everything popular is bad then you just you think every that people are just stupid and not yes. not only that they're except stupid you. but that except you right very good <laughs> except <laughs> you because you're on to the what's really right what's really right. great but um but but i think that the 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 you know, you have to believe that it's all—or you think—or you just think it's a capitalist plot. But but yeah. if you think that, then you still think people are stupid because they've fallen for the capitalist plot, right? Like, right. But right. I think the Hegelian point is that things are popular for a reason, even if it's not the reason that people would consciously give you, right? Like, mm. they might say, oh, I like—I don't know what—like, I like I will follow because— <laughs> I, I really wish I could conform to other people better or something, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a dumb, that's mm-hmm. not even what the song's about. No, who would say uh, that? But yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, <laughs> no the, the, the structural that. point's good. But my point is that, or like, I really like, oh, here's a good, here's a good one. I really like, uh, no country for old men because I really love it when he kills those people coolly with the air gun. Right. Like, sure. so that would be, that would be, you're clearly not liking that film for a radical or, uh, a, a, even a, yeah. Sophisticated reason, right? Yes. But yeah. you're still. But what 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 I think we would say is that person doesn't know why they like that film, right? Like yeah. That film, right. 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 It but, appealed yeah. to them in a certain way, and they had to deflect that into this conscious thing about liking the violence. But yes. they you know, I mean, I, I I would say it. I think you could go the other way too, right? Like you could say, oh they They didn't like the film for the wrong reason you know you can, i think yeah. you can you can do it either direction, but i think the, the point is that things that like like the 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 greatest hits album mm-hmm. is a, it, it, it it's what's most popular, but the, again, if you think like oh, maybe it's most popular for a reason, then mm-hmm. you think there's maybe something to that, and not you're not just following the herd when right. you buy it. Right when you when you buy the greatest hits instead of you buy yes good sorry
0: well no but you don't need this is this we made this point all the way back in the the Academy Awards episode like all, all those years ago that like when you have the greatest hits then it's very easy to be like oh that doesn't even have their best songs on it and then it's like. So now what's happened is the greatest hits album in negation lets you see what is so great about that band. Again, this is not or, or even just about music like the, the and, and I know that like, I don't know, some of this like re, like historically like un, underground music. What, he writes this. This comes out in 1960 in, in France and like underground music was like going to pop off like in the next right, few right. years, you know, um, like the, the Beatles were it, he could. You know, he could have gone to Hamburg. He could have seen the Beatles. <laughs> they were, they were playing before before Please Please Me came out. He could he could have gone to, to do he it, gone. but, he didn't go. but yeah. um th- you know then it like this is a uh, seven years before Velvet Underground and Nico comes out like or you know and yeah. like like this this thing you know the great Brian Eno line thirty thousand people bought the record every single one of them started a band so that yeah. is a like and I think Brian Eno is probably right about that that I would argue is a mainstream way to have enjoyed that avant garde thing. Right. You know what I mean? And right. and and like and I, I think it's it's um the, the it's just really strange or it makes sense structurally that there is a kind of a, a curation of taste element that ends up in this book and it, this complete suspicion of the popular and popular culture as this thing that invades upon you relentlessly, but right. like it's it's really more like I like it's really more um you can like I do think you can la- – I there, um, uh, apologies for all the references all all the time in this episode. Um, I shouldn't apologize for that. I'm not that sorry because I'm going to do another <laughs> one. There, um, there's an episode of Community in the last season where one of the characters is getting married and makes a self-deprecating joke and then someone laughs really loudly and the character says it's so funny. Someone laughed at that the wrong way and I just <laughs> – and I think it's like, I think it's very funny. It's like a very funny idea, but it's also like, it's something I think all the time. It's like, I, you know, it, it's, it's kind of something I would add to the, to the Groucho Marx. I never want to be a part of a club that would have someone club like that me for a member. member. Right. Yeah. Like I only want it, like, I, I kind of only want it if when like, do people like, like I, I, I have to stop myself cause it's so pretentious to be like, they, you don't like this in the right way. You you and I, you and I like the same thing, but you don't like it the right way, and right. it's like right. it's um it's very very pretentious. But it's the it's the it's the thing that I try to be aware of. That I I think is I don't know maybe it's like the other side of of Sart on this is like
1: no I like, think um, it is I yeah. think it is I think it actually is secretly Sartrean.
0: Okay. Right? Yeah. There yeah. we go. There's the influence then. Yeah. 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 I think it is.
1: I think it is because because I think he wants to like he. Again, like reification is the real enemy in this mm. book, right? And so anything that turns you into a thing, like yes, oh, I like the same thing as someone else, I'm a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I'm yeah, not yeah. Great just point. an individual subject that's different from every that's multiple. That's different Great from point. everyone else, right? And I think yeah. that's really anathema to him. I you know, okay. So we've had a lot of attack, <laughs> but I do I want to <laughs> say one thing nice about him before sure. we get to the end. And I, I I mentioned this to you before, but I I really think that he was the first male philosopher who had a genuine partnership with a, with a female philosopher. Like, I think, you know, Descartes had an incredible exchange with, uh, with women. Uh, Some others did, but I think he, you know, uh, Heidegger and Hannah Arendt, but that was more of a one-way street. Uh, I think that, you know, his relationship with de Beauvoir, I don't, it's interesting too, because I think as that, as he aged, that relationship, its influence on his thought, I think lessened. And so I think that his thought got worse as her influence was lessened. But I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's just interesting to me that he's someone who had an absolute equal egalitarian relationship with a, female thinker and, 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 and interacted with her almost on a daily basis. And it really, I think, uh, I think it, it helps him as a think. I think it, it, it makes him different as a thinker from other, you know, like a guy like Kant never even had sex. Like he he, he, he didn't even know what <laughs> right. it was like to even relate to a woman. So I, or a man in that way. So I think, you know, that seems like it's a, that's something that's really, I think it really helps. It, it makes him more of a, a thinker of our time than of even of the mid twentieth century because it's not true of you know it's not true of Adorno or or even Lacan or 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 any of the thinkers from that period. Mm-hmm. You know, and your point. I mean, think about. To, to, think about to be, your, Derrida, your but, point really
0: clear. Yeah, you should give the Derrida example because it's a good one. Because your point isn't isn't just that he had a relationship with a woman who's also a philosopher. It's that he's, I think I said, I put it to you this way. He's the George Lazenby bond who is at the same level as the quote unquote bond girl. Like they, they have absolute, like they have the same amount of interiority, the same amount right. of agency. Like it, it, it yes, that, that's, that's it's more, absolutely,
1: that's a, yeah, such a great yeah. example, Ryan, because the like the other ones have other male thinkers have bond girls, but like, here's a <laughs> yes. real, I think it's really a great point. Like here's a real, this is Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Yes. Okay, I think. Yes. But Derrida is interesting, right? Because he's always he he's all about and he, he like had very he had he had women interlocutors, but then when he has mm-hmm. one woman that like really confronts his thought, it's 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 a catastrophe for him.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like that's
1: mm-hmm. I'm speaking of, of course of Catherine Malibu. Catherine Malibu, and yeah. Future of Hegel. And he writes a preface. Her, I, I, I just will repeat because I love this. Her acknowledgement is, "Thanks for everything, blah blah blah." I bet you never saw this coming. <laughs> 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 it's a great. It's really. It's pretty great. Uh, anyway, so so, that's that's my start. That's, that's my. I don't come to bury. Sorry, I come.
0: Sorry. To yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. I'm reversing
1: well, the Mark Antony.
0: Thing. Well, this is kind of interesting. Just going off this premise a little bit, I kind of wonder. Yeah. All right. Uh, I wonder if he had a conception to, just to put this in a kind of a Zizek and Eric Santner kind of thing. If Sartre had a notion of the neighbor, if this would be different. And so what's the neighbor? What, why, what is the neighbor as an idea? I'm going to give really, uh, okay. So, um, uh, one time I was at the university of Rhode Island, I was teaching, um, rear window and, uh, I, one of the things that I wanted to get everybody to try to understand is that like it, you in your own life have odd knowledge about your neighbors. Like that's that it's just like, it's going to happen. And as I was bringing this up, one of the students, she was an old older student. She uh, raised her hand and said like, you know, she said, I'm like kind of embarrassed to admit this, but I, She knows her two neighbors like on like a friendly like passerby kind of thing. And she was looking at out the window one time because her her like kitchen overlooks into the living room. And one day she was like, huh, uh, that's Jerry's in Maud's chair. And she was like, why do I know that? Why do I know that's Maud's chair? Why do I know that's weird? Why? Like 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 they never explained that. No one ever said like she hasn't really been over their house. But like she knew that it was it was strange that he was sitting in her chair like that was like that that was a thing that popped um and i think so okay so that's the that's just in a very through example like w- w- you know we have a a comfortability and also an uncomfortability there's something like no. well we don't we don't want the neighbors to see x like whatever whatever it is that's a phrase that you could imagine yourself thinking or or saying and i think where i think the na- the, the neighbor idea would nicely complicate and i think maybe push Sorry, theoretically, is that to go back to the his position in the uh, and to also go continue full speed ahead in the references, his position looking down at the people at the bus stop. It is not Seamus Heaney's position looking down as his father is sticking a spade into gravelly ground outside of where he's writing a poem like. What Heaney sees, his he looks down. He's inside. He's holding the pen. He's not doing manual labor, and that makes him think about like the work and the family and like and right. everything right. that led to him to be at his desk holding the pen between his finger and his thumb, a uh, squat pen between his finger and his thumb, snug as a gun. Like that, like that leads him to consider that position of how did he get there? And there's not a consideration of that in Sartre, where he doesn't consider his position, how his position is implicated in those people being, uh only superficially aligned and grouped by capital. He doesn't see that. Um, And he also, so, but if he had thought about them as in this way of the neighbor of like, how is he in this position to observe them? He probably saw that he probably saw the same people he didn't know while he was writing this book. Like he probably (laughs) saw that. Often, right? And like, isn't right. isn't that a weird experience? Like, that's right. that that should be that should have been the existential thing. Do you ever see like this is an old Louis C.K. bit I, that I, I like? Do you ever see someone you don't know again? Like, and I think the, his joke is it's like God ran out of extras in the movie of your life. <laughs> like, that's that's the, his his sort of punchline on that. But right. like, so that's that's an existential phenomenon like right right there like that he he could have like sort of tapped into and that's I think similar in the world of theory that's similar to the idea of the neighbor and so it's like there's no connection Sartre is excised from what he's observing and I think that's a problem with this book is that it's like from what position are you writing this is not part of this thing. Like, so he's trying to be the outside observer, which is a little ironic because everything that he said is about how the outside is determinative and therefore bad, but he ends up adopting the exact same position Mm -hmm. that he accuses rightly of capital doing of grouping people superficially. He does the exact same fucking thing. And it's a, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a problem and, and it's, it's, and it undergirds and like throughout everything in, in the book. And I think, if he had had something like the neighbor, or if he thought about the existential weirdness of seeing right. the same workers he doesn't know multiple times, right. then I, I don't. I this. I think this project goes in a different direction, oh, totally different. Or if he just he saw get that there caught was in multiplicity, yeah, that's it, right, right, yeah. Right,
1: yeah. right. I know exactly. He's caught in multiplicity. He doesn't yeah. see that there's an empty space between the people at the bus stop. Right.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: That's why he doesn't see.
0: He you know. doesn't. Yeah.
1: All right, what's the lesson, Ryan?
0: Um, I think have we burned Adventureland before? I mean, certainly listen to the replacements if you've never heard them before. But yeah, the, yeah. Um, but, but
1: filmically, I don't think we've burned Adventure. We doing doing Adventureland. I thought I set you up for speed, <laughs> but God, oh, I love Adventureland. The, yeah, okay. Adventureland. You know what?
0: I'm not, and I'm not even. You know what? It is well. And speed has a really wonderful Simpsons reference. I'm not even going to do it because there've been so many. But like, yeah. Uh, but so I that's, think we
1: got to go Adventureland. That's Adventureland. Yeah, All right, <laughs> yeah, because it's it's a little less known, I think, and it's pretty pretty great.
0: Makes it seem cooler than speed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Kristen Wig, <laughs> she's pretty oh, good at right. it. That's yeah. right. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. All right, over and out, Ryan. Over and out, Todd.